0: Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 421 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. This episode is called Malignant Hearts. It is July 28, 2023, and this is Jen. I'm going to start you with an NPR article regarding Microsoft. The title of it is Microsoft, Activision Blizzard, and the Future of Gaming. And it's unclear exactly who wrote this. Let's see if I can figure that out. Um, They didn't really name a person for this. So NPR wrote this, I suppose. So here's what they wrote about this. The biggest tech acquisition ever is set to close any day now. Microsoft's intention to purchase video game developer Activision Blizzard was first announced in January of 2022. The Federal Trade Commission issued a complaint against the deal, saying it would harm competition in the gaming market. They also questioned the accessibility of Activision's biggest franchise, Call of Duty. That case went to trial, and Microsoft came out on top proving that the acquisition wouldn't be anti-competitive and agreeing to make sure Call of Duty would not be exclusive to its console, Xbox. The deal still faces roadblocks in the United Kingdom and the, where, where the Competition and Markets Authority initially blocked the deal and is now holding a hearing to review it next month. But despite these roadblocks, the deal is set to close and it may change the business of video games for the foreseeable future. We convene a panel of experts to talk about the buyout and then it's... Uh, a list of who's in it there is um at the top of this article a half hour long thing you can listen to assuming it's still viable if you want to hear more of what they said but i thought that was just kind of a nice way to start the show considering how often i've had to talk about activision blizzard and microsoft and ftc and all this this kind of you know sums it up really quickly so if you missed all the other shows there you go that's what happened (laughs) Wowhead has an article titled Diablo 4 short story Sanctum of Bone by Carly Ann West is now available. There's a screenshot of part of the uh, character in the story, I I presume, wearing some strange skulls and things like that. So here's what you need to know. Sanctum of Bone, the third Diablo 4 short story in the Tales of Sanctuary series is now available. There's a link in the article to that. Everything that I talk about will be linked on the Shattered Soulstone website at shatteredsoulstone.com. So if you miss something or you want to look at something again, it'll be there. Each short story is told by Tajal, I think. T-E-J-A-L Tajal, I don't know. Uh, the shopkeeper of the in-game store. Her tales explore the far reaches of Sanctuary and give background to many of the items in her shop. Sanctum of Bone provides us with the backstory for the Belladonna Necromancer Cosmetic Set, which is interesting. This was posted five days ago. It is, uh, the third in the series is Sanctum of Bone by Carly Ann West, and you can read it right here on, um, you have to click it. There's a link to go to the story itself, but... Tajal tells the tale of Loyanya Loya, who jo- journeys to the moors of Sko's Glen in search of her missing sister and Droman Grisgo, the sorcerer her sister sought out to study. But deep in the moldering halls of Gris- Grisgo's mysterious sanctum loyanya that's a hard name uh finds the dark secrets and a legacy of his wicked deeds and so there's that uh after basking in tajal's storytelling browse the artifacts in her possession by visiting the in-game shop i'm pretty sure that wowhead has some kind of link to that sort of thing encouraging people to buy something and that you know this is like This isn't a huge company, um, these are people working on this stuff because they love it, so I feel like if you want to buy something from the shop and you get it through their link, that would help them out probably, and I'm gonna read the story eventually, just not right now in the midst of this show. Here's a weird one. This is from July 26th. It is from IGN. It is titled, Activision sues viral TikTok meme creator after using their content in Crash Bandicoot ad. And underneath it, it says, not if they sue you first. So this was written by Rebecca Valentine, again, on July 26th. Activision is suing TikTok creator Anthony Fantano, aka Needle Talk or The Needle Drop in an effort to stymie the video maker's recent legal threats over Activision's use of his content in a Crash Bandicoot video. Per the official complaint filing, Activision's lawsuit pertains to a TikTok of Fantano's from 2021 dubbed the Slices video, which went viral at the time. In the following years, Activision claims, quote, hundreds of thousands, end quote, of TikTok users have incorporated audio from said video into their own TikTok, Parentheses, generally the it's enough slices meme. something that Fantano is claimed to have celebrated and even boasted about in a subsequent video. However, Activision goes on to claim that when the company attempted to use Fantano's audio in, in its own TikTok about Crash Bandicoot sneakers, Fantano claimed it constituted a, quote, false endorsement, end quote, of the sneakers and could mislead viewers into thinking he approved of or was otherwise connected to the sneakers in violation of the 1946 Lanham Act. Activision says that Fantano has demanded that Activision pay him, quote, substantial, end quote, monetary damages, or he will sue, despite Activision having since taken down the clip. Activision claims its use of Fantano's audio is protected by TikTok's terms of service, which state that users, quote, may dot 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 extract all or any portion of user content created by another user to produce additional user content end quote additionally the suit notes that Fantano made the audio available in TikTok's audio library deliberately for others to use the company seeks a statement from the court declaring that Activision is not in violation of the Lanham Act nor of violating Fantano's rights of publicity Fantano has yet to issue a response or comment on the situation that's kind of sketchy sketchy that is kind of sketchy right there I mean even if you put it out there like that that didn't mean a giant company could incorporate it if you put it out like I don't use TikTok I I know people make little songs and do stuff with it and sometimes uh videos make it out to other sites I'm on and I'm like okay that's funny but this is a little weird like why would a big company like Activision say hey I like that thing that he's got there. I'm just going to take it. He'll never know. And of course he knew. So I think this is going to be a lawsuit and we'll just see how that goes. But I'm not a fan of giant companies just saying, oh, that, that's sort of something we do. I'm going to steal it. No, you can't have any money for it, person that made it. Nope. Mm -mm. That's garbage. And I don't think corporations should do that. But they did, so we'll see where this lawsuit goes eventually, I assume, unless somebody just opts out or something like that. Also from IGN, uh, we have something about Microsoft stuff. So this one is titled, Microsoft is rolling out Xbox controller keyboard remapping to expand its input possibilities. Underneath it says it should be a boon for disabled players in particular. And I'm all about accessibility because I have some issues that make it hard for me to play video games. So I know what that can be like for others. This one is written by Grant Stoner and it was updated on July 25th of this year. Xbox Update Preview Alpha users can expect a few accessibility additions in the next update. For physically disabled players that need different control input methods, the latest update enables keyboard remapping to a controller. According to an Xbox Wire post, which I'll get to, I think, eventually in here, Uh, Probably next, players who opt into the update preview program can try mapping keyboard keys to either the Xbox Elite Wireless Controller Series 2 or the Xbox Adaptive Controller. This should be a boon for disabled players who struggle with traditional keyboards. That said, there are some limitations. Right now, only single keys or functions like Control plus Alt plus W can be set to a controller button. The post also indicates that this feature feature... gonna say future Uh, this feature is only usable if a title supports keyboard functionality results may vary depending on each game so there we are Uh, the writer of this says still for physically disabled players unable to use keyboards this update further increases the selection of accessible hardware which is a good thing so there's that Um, i'm always i think i talked about one from playstation that was an accessible controller kind of thing and I want to see more gaming companies do this but I also want to see more games finally like enable it for people that have disabilities otherwise how are they going to play these games if you have the controller that's supposed to work for you and you get that all set but the game you want to play doesn't allow it that's not going to be useful. So I think maybe Microsoft and maybe PlayStation should go and talk to some of these companies who make games and say, hey, why can't you just put this in? Something like that. It won't take, a, you know, a, a second to put it in, I'm sure. But I think that if you're going to make an accessible controller, you need to also work with companies so that whoever's using those accessible controllers can actually play the game. That's what I think. Otherwise, why, what are you doing? You know, are you getting brownie points for saying, look, it's accessible when, you know, when it's not for everyone uh xbox wire has a whole bunch of stuff it's um titled welcome to your new xbox home which means things are changing of course and here's a little bit about that if you're playing on an xbox this is going to pertain to you if not well (laughs) you know this is what xbox is doing um and they wrote this was when was this posted july 26th Starting today, a new home experience is rolling out to all Xbox Series X/S and Xbox One consoles. This update is designed from player feedback and makes it easier to discover new games, rediscover games you already love, connect with communities, and create a more personal experience. We're excited to share more about the journey that led us here and what you can expect from this new update. Your new Xbox home, one, makes it easy to go to your library, the Microsoft Store, Xbox Game Pass, search and settings at the very top of your home by introducing a quick access menu. Two, creates more space for your personalized background by simplifying the layout and putting the games you recently played and other content and apps towards the bottom of the screen. Three, adds an option to change your background to match the game you are highlighting in the recently played list. 4 improves game discovery by introducing lists of games curated and personalized for you. 5 allows you to customize your experience by pinning your favorite games, curated groups and system groups like Quick Resume to Home. 6 helps you find out what's going on in your community through the updated Friends and Community Updates row. 7 shows you what media apps and content are available to to you via a watch and listen spotlight and a list of entertainment apps. So this is showing me things in a scroll thing just on the Xbox uh, announcement of this. So it includes things like Crunchyroll, different movies, um, movies you can stream. There's a Max thing. It's YouTube, Prime Video, Disney Plus, Netflix, Max, and Tubi, whatever Tubi is. I do not even know if that was still around. Um, so you can look at that and you know, use your Xbox to see those things. And there's a little description of how to try out the new home UI on your Xbox. So there's that. Um, It's going to be a little different. I think it's probably integrated. The top of this article has a, a screen that has selected Starfield. So like the image of the Starfield game is in the background behind a bunch of other uh games and apps and things there's that that's going to change and change is probably it's probably not going to really make much of a difference you probably still are going to play what you want to play maybe you'll find something new but i don't think it's harmful to players so that's that's a pretty good thing in my opinion and if you want more um microsoft it was also talked about by the verge on what day was this the 26th A thing written by Tom Warren, who is a senior editor covering Microsoft PC gaming console and tech for The Verge and um, trying to see if there's anything new in here. He got a quote from somebody, so I'll start there. The new Xbox home experience will start rolling out today. That was the 26th to a subset of all Xbox consoles, according to Ivy Chris Love senior product manager lead for Xbox Experiences. Quote, this means that some customers will need to wait a few weeks to get their hands on it. The biggest change you'll notice immediately is a reworked UI that pushes the tiled interface further down in favor of more space to see backgrounds. Microsoft did initially test a new UI that still covered up the background, but Xbox fans made it clear in feedback that they wanted something different. Quote, when we first showed Xbox Insiders what we were working on, We heard your feedback clearly. You wanted more room to show off custom backgrounds or game art, quicker navigation buttons, and more personalization, says Chris Lowe. The tile sizes have now been reduced, and Microsoft has even added a new responsive game art feature that will update the background when you hover over certain games and apps. Above the main home interface is a new floating UI that provides quick access to the game and app library, Microsoft Store, Xbox Game Pass, Search and Settings... This quick access menu makes it a lot quicker to navigate your games by library or settings. So there's that. There's more in this article if you want to check it out. There's another article from The Verge, which I found really weird because it kind of links into things in odd ways, in my opinion. So this one was titled, You Can Now Venmo New Xbox Games. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Also written by Tom Warren, same guy. And uh, yeah, so here's a little bit of this at the blurb says Microsoft has partnered with PayPal to bring Venmo support to the Microsoft store and Xbox store. So that's kind of a lot. Um, the article very short though, so I'll just read you a little bit of that. Microsoft is allowing Xbox owners in the US to use Venmo as a payment option for games, movies, TV shows, and apps from the Xbox store. The new Venmo option can even be used for Xbox Game Pass subscriptions with the ability to split payments. PayPal has long been supported on the Xbox store, but the new Venmo payment option is part of a broader partnership between PayPal and Microsoft that also includes support for PayPal's pay later option, a way to spread payments over weeks or months. The Microsoft store in the U S UK, Australia, Germany, France, Spain, and Italy will now include PayPal pay later support with an option to use Venmo in the main Microsoft store in the U S soon too. So there's another paragraph after that, but me personally, I was using PayPal at one point and long story short, some scammer came through, wanted to send me $700, I think, and PayPal caught that immediately. It took a very long time for PayPal to actually do something about this, and PayPal decided in favor of the scammer. So I will never be using Venmo or PayPal because I do not wanna go through that problem again. Now that's just something that happened to me. It's probably not happened to everyone. People do still use PayPal for like invoices and things like that. But um, yeah, I'm never gonna touch those things because I don't want anything involved with PayPal to screw up my ability to play games on an Xbox, if you know what I'm saying. So there's that, but hey, if that's a thing for you, go for it, I guess, and good luck. There's an article from Kotaku from July 22, written by Claire Jackson. It's titled, Blizz on Diablo 4 Uproar Won't Do a Patch Like That Quote Ever Again. And you know what we're talking about here if you've been playing Diablo 4. So here's a little bit from this article. The last 48 hours of Diablo 4 has been a little chaotic following widely controversial changes to player power level in the game's first preseason patch. Now, developer Blizzard is doing a bit of damage control, taking to a live stream on July 21 to try and explain its decision-making process, as well as what changes it's making in response to the overwhelmingly negative feedback. Diablo 4's latest patch, 1.1.0, dramatically reduced player power across the board. Changes include reductions to XP earned for various activities, as well as a diminished role to status effects like vulnerability that have played a central role in class builds. This was a tumultuous set of changes, to say the least. I probably massacred that word, but you probably get it all documented in an exhaustive list of alterations via the official patch notes as promised blizzard held a live stream today and that was this article was put out on what was it again the 22nd to address these changes as well as provide some updates on future changes to the game particularly in response to the negative feedback on the previous patch there's a live stream embed here if you haven't seen it it connects to youtube Reducing player power, quote, "'We know it is bad. We know it is not fun.'" On the stream, Blizzard's Associate Director of Community Management, Adam Fletcher, immediately responded to the overwhelmingly negative feedback in response to the patch, acknowledging that missteps were made and that the reduction to player power has wrecked the fun of the game for some players. While Fletcher stated that Blizzard had specific goals in mind with the most recent patch, and that it wanted an opportunity to explain why they made those changes, some good news is that the team doesn't, quote, plan on doing a patch like this ever again. Blizzard's plans on always providing patch notes well beforehand. While the most recent patch did dramatically reduce player power and strike at the heart of the developing meta, one of the most chaotic elements of it all was how suddenly the patch notes arrived, how lengthy they were, and how it felt like there was absolutely no heads up as to what was going to happen going into the game's first season, which started on July 20. As a way to get ahead of future issues like that, Blizzard has promised to provide patch notes, quote, well beforehand, end quote, estimating that notes will hit about a week before a new update. The game's next patch, version 1.1.1, is expected to arrive sometime soon, and Blizzard will discuss the specific details of that patch in another live stream chat on Friday, July 28th, which was today, so I'm assuming they've done that. But This right here is kind of making sense for me in a way because I remember, like, starting the game and I was playing a barb and I was having a really good time. Then I'm like, well, let me see if I want to play the Druid. And that was kind of fun, too. And it seemed like very quickly and early on, it was harder to kill the monsters, to go from one place to another without being mobbed. Um, And I kind of went, okay, I need something more dexy. So I started playing a rogue, and that's what I've been playing since then. Uh, with the exception of when I got frustrated enough to just stop playing for, like, four days. So, um, yeah, so I'm, like, going out into the wilderness trying to run somewhere because I haven't finished the whole storyline yet, and I think part of what's holding me back is those changes that were just really abusive to players. And so, you know, my gear is all wrecked, and I don't really get enough stuff very often, not enough gold to, like, fix it. I did fix it, I think, maybe it was early this morning, but... It's not solving the problem for me, and I know the last time I played before I did it yesterday, I think, or this morning. I think it was this morning. Um, my assumption was that that patch, that one point one point one, would have gone in because if I, you know, if you're on an Xbox, you see in the corner of the screen, "Hey, we're going to do this patch. This is when it's going to happen." And I figured, okay, so the 28th it's gonna pop up, great. It, it didn't. It just didn't. I don't know when, it's, it's like August now is what I'm hearing. So for me, for a long time in the game, I thought I was like the worst player ever because I couldn't make any more progress no matter what I did. I couldn't find enough gold to compensate having my gear being wrecked all the time. You know, it was just really, really frustrating. I'm like, am I just like the worst player? Like, What am I doing wrong here that I can't make this work anymore? And it turns out it's not me specifically. It's a lot of people who got hit with this ridiculous thing they did. I don't think they intended. I don't think their plan was, let's slow down the game. I don't think their plan was, let's screw with all the players and see who the hardcore people are, and then we'll just cater to them. I don't think any of that was on their minds. I don't think they intended for this patch to go so badly that it just wasn't fun anymore, and it was in some cases impossible to progress. They're trying to, you know, from the article I'm reading, they're they're trying things to maybe never do that again. And since they have said they don't plan on doing a patch like this ever again, we need to hold them accountable if they do it again. Because they're going to lose so many people from this. They may already have. They may have already lost people who were so frustrated by not being able to do anything in the game that they just quit and went to find something else to play. And that's not where you want to be as a gaming company. This article here just kind of shows me that Things not working wasn't because of anything I was doing or not doing. And I think other people need to hear that, because I think there's going to be people that are like, well, wait a minute, maybe I'm just terrible at this game. Maybe I'm just not good enough. And you are, you are good enough. It's the patch that did it. If you're going to BlizzCon, a couple of things to know here. Um, first, uh, what you want to know from BlizzCon is that the tickets have been sold out. BlizzCon's got its own like website, and it's axs.com that they're doing all the ticketing through. So the ticket sales have ended, but there is a resource uh, resale market that went live on July 24th, so maybe some of you got tickets that way. I don't know, but that's kind of how they're doing it. Typically... If there's a BlizzCon in person, not the like BlizzCon line that we did when the pandemic was rolling through, um, the pandemic isn't over. We do have better resources now. We have masks, we have vaccines, we have, you know, things that can mitigate some of that now. But back then, you know, it was a little like iffy. But typically, if there's a BlizzCon, there is a con before the storm. Well, this year, they're not having that. So here's from the con before the storm Twitter account and i'll just read it to you. We are sad to announce we will not be having a live CBTS con before the Storm event at Blizzcon 2023. Unfortunately, there were too many logistical obstacles to overcome. We have exhausted our resources before coming to this decision. We had several folks reach out offering to volunteer and we appreciate that. And volunteers was never an issue to executing this fan-focused event and that's because of the awesome community. We will look into what we can do potentially virtually Virtually in 2023, and we'll look toward future years as we see how BlizzCon continues to evolve under its new leadership. I think that means Microsoft, and what that means for our future fan focused pre BlizzCon event. Below are just a handful of our challenges we ran up against. One, late announcement of BlizzCon put logistical timelines of fundraising, acquiring items, receiving funds, and then paying vendors appropriately unrealistic. This left little time to planning the event. Reminder the organizers do this as a side project. This is not our full time job. Two, several vendors we used in the past sadly didn't make it through the pandemic and we had to search for new vendors, which required getting quotes for items, services, etc. Three, receiving total costs to help determine funding targets took too long from several new vendors. Some haven't even responded to our inquiries. Four, the company we worked with to handle tax and legal matters has been unresponsive, so working to figure Figure out those ramifications (parentheses taxes, legal responsibility, etc.) end of parentheses. Ourselves has been challenging on next steps. Creating a new entity would also delay fundraising, as it would require creating a new legal slash tax entity, creating new business accounts, etc. These entities would then need to be vetted by fundraising organizations. Example: Kickstarter. That's why they're not doing a con before the storm this year because of all of those things. So, if you're wondering where it went. Um, or why they're not doing it, there's all of your answers. There is a... (laughs) There's so many patch notes for Diablo 4 that it's got its own website. It's um, newsblizzard.com, and this one's specifically about Diablo 4 patch notes. There's other places to find it as well, in like forum posts and things like that. But this one, the most recent one is from July 26th, and it is for all platforms. So this is what they did. Uh, These are... um, let's see, everything is is noted so if it's for PC, Xbox, Playstation or all platforms, you'll know what it is this newest one here is for all platforms and it is the 1.1.0C build so here's what they did fixed an issue where several focus offhand items could only have an aspect imprinted on them once, fixed an issue where combining the dark dance and punishing speed malignant powers could cause the player to stun themselves fixed an issue where the grim reward season journey objective could be repeated by dropping and picking up the same stash. Okay, that's a problem. Uh, Fixed an issue where the werebear and werewolf fur color was too bright in certain situations. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) They're not supposed to be bright. Um, Fixed an issue where the movement on specific controllers was not functioning correctly. Interesting. One of my controllers, well, the only controller I had for my Xbox that was an Xbox controller recently had um, Controller Drift. Where your character doesn't stop moving and just hits a wall. And where it's hard to maneuver them where you want them to go. I don't know if that was just a problem with the Xbox controller or not. But fixed an issue where movement on specific controllers was often not functioning correctly. I gotta wonder maybe if that was part of it. I gotta wonder. I'm not sure. But I got a different controller that works a lot better. So I'm not worried about that personally. But hey, if, if that was your problem too, maybe try again and see if it works now. I don't know. There's more to this. Updated the activation of the premium battle pass with a confirmation pop-up. There is a reason they did this. There's a video somewhere on YouTube. Not YouTube. Well, it could be on YouTube as well. I think I saw it on Twitter or X. I guess it's X now, right? It's X. So somebody was recording their game and they had posted this sort of like um, a like a clip okay and they'd gotten some armor they were in a dungeon they got some armor they're like hey i wonder what this armor looks like and went to click a spot at the top of the screen that was going to show them like what the armor you know would open up and say here this is the armor this is what's on it here's how you can use it and the button to access the store i think it was the store was like right next to it so the person accidentally clicked that And then realized that a transaction was being made and tried to like bounce out of the game and uh, came back in figuring maybe leaving the game that quick wouldn't delete that transaction thing. And came back in and it was uh, confirmed that he had purchased something, either something from the store or something from, I don't know if it was like the the battle pass or something like that. It was either, it was one of those two things. And this person was absolutely irate and had good reason to be. So that's what's, um, that's what that is updated. The Activision of the premium battle pass with a confirmation pop-up. And I think it was Riker who was talking to possibly has radar saying something about dark actions or something. I don't have that correctly, but you get the idea. So I think that's part of what fixed that. So people aren't even going to be even more frustrated because, If you're playing the game and you know that the patch screwed everything up, you know the patch isn't in yet, you're in the season trying to deal with it however you can, and then you sort of get like this accidental, you bought something. I mean, that's gonna just alienate people for a while, and that's not good. I'm glad they fixed it. So here's the rest. Fixed multiple instances where players were encountering crashes. I haven't had a crash in a while, but that's just me and I'm not in the season, so. Uh, Further stability improvements. Vague, but okay. Uh, Fixed an interaction with the Agitated Wind's Malignant Heart power, which led to automatic Cyclone Armor casts to ignore its own cooldown. (laughs) Oh no. Um, Acquiring or reallocating seasonal blessings will now clear the vendor buyback inventory. So that's what that is. That's the newest one from the Patch Notes site. If you are struggling in Diablo 4 right now, and you haven't finished all of the mandatory quests that you need to... Um, I thought there was like four acts, but there's not, there's six and there's an epilogue and stuff like that. And I was going around Sanctuary thinking, well, I did this, I did that, that must be them, but there was more. Um, so I literally like recorded a video of myself trying to go through IGN's walkthrough with this. It's just called Diablo 4 Guide Walkthrough and it'll show you act by act what you need to do. Like, here's the name of this one. Here's the name of that one. Here's a screenshot showing you what this one is. Um, Here's where you need to go, that kind of thing. And they're doing it for all of the acts. And I'm pretty sure I got Act 1 finished. I think I might have gotten Act 2. I'm not sure about that. And I've started some stuff in Act 3. That's kind of where I'm at. And um, I'm not really sure how I'm going to get through it because I'm still under the effects of the patch that's not working well. So I can get to a certain point... And then everything just becomes overpowered. Um, So, yeah, I think the biggest problem I'm having with the rogue is the crowd control effects uh, that are there. For me, it looks like... I don't know what it looks like on a PC, but for me, um, my rogue takes a couple steps out of town and tries to shoot things. Three or more of the, the gray circle with little bubbles in it goes underneath her and she can't move. And the whole point of the rogue is to be able to move, right? So I'm kind of frustrated with that a bit. I can kill some lesser enemies getting towards a boss but like no spoilers but there's essentially a dungeon type thing kind of that you go through with loreth nath and we got as far as the angry woman that throws all these things at you and i can't i can't get past it so hmm. um maybe i'll get into season two or three (laughs) i don't know maybe the patch will fix everything and i'll be able to jump into like a half finished season or something but that's kind of where i'm at but if you're struggling as much as i am check out the guide that uh, IGN put together because then it'll tell you what you're missing there are many places that have made maps of their own or pulled maps from blizzard probably with consent i assume i hope um that shows you like where all the lilith statues are that you need to find and where the little exclamation point quests are and where those go you know that sort of thing some of them are more detailed than others um, but that'll help if you're trying to get renown because it's my understanding that renown is important because whatever characters you've got that have enough renown If you're able to get into the season, that renown will carry over to that character. So, um, you know, do the things. But this specifically, the IGN one, is just finish the story. Just finish the story, and then you can do some more fun things again. And I don't know how long that's going to take me, so I'm going to assume I will never be in a season at this point. That could change, but I don't think it will. Diablo Immortal has posted on July 24th, Embrace the Howling Terror's Deadly Mystique in the Season 16 Battle Pass. Again, a Diablo Immortal. And so there were Blood Knights that they made. You've probably seen those videos on social media somewhere. I think I've seen it on Instagram and X. I guess it's X now. It's going to take me a while to get that right. Yeah, there's like some returning events in here. So there's a Battle Pass. There's a cosmetic. I guess you could get pieces of in some way uh it's gonna start on august 3rd at 3 a.m server time so there's that there's the hungering moon thing which i've tried before i've never finished it maybe i'll try it again so it just tells you like what you need to do for that there's a character named yakin or Yakin, and he is come into possession of some liberated merchandise likely plucked from a far away excavation He's got some stock that's going to pop up on August 5th at 3 a.m. through August 12th server time. There's a battleground if you want to um, fight people, I guess. There's warband activity you can go do. It's been tweaked. Uh, recall slash recruit a friend. Okay, if you're at the point where part of the cool stuff you can do is recruit a friend, that signals to me that perhaps not many people are playing it anymore. I could be wrong. I haven't played it in a while. I was having fun in the game for a while and then just kind of got, you know, like work stuff I had to do and just kind of forgot about it, but Yep. Um, So here's, if you're playing Diablo Immortal, here's how the recruit a friend thing works. A new recruit slash recall button has been added to the friends list. Tapping or clicking the button will create an invitation link to share with players on your friends list that you'd wish to recall. The player you send an invitation link will see it, and if accepted, both yourself and the recruited slash recalled player will begin to receive rewards. For more information about what makes a player eligible to be recruited and recalled, see the in-game menu for this feature so if you recruit a friend up to three a week maximum you could get a sealed warband chest 15 scrap materials and 2500 gold Uh, become successfully recruited if you're the one that gets recruited you kind of get similar stuff Uh, you can recall a friend up to 20 a week maximum and you get one scrap material and 100 gold and then uh, become successfully recalled uh, you get experience so that's what that does there's some region-specific game additions for different things and some bug fixes. So a little bit a little bit in there. It's kind of good. Red October put into the Soulstone, uh, Shattered Soulstone Discord. Uh, Shattered Stone, I think it's Soulstone. Maybe it's called Shattered Soulstone. It's one of those. You know, you'll find it on Discord. And there's a mount called a Brackish Fetch Mount Armor Bundle. The description says Hunters of the Drowned drape their mounts in elements befitting their duty and there is in fact a picture here of a horse mount that is wearing uh, a saddle and something across its face like to protect its face that has like little barnacles on it. Its hair seems to have seaweed hanging from it. The saddle has rope around the front of the horse and a bell on the front of the horse. It looks very like seafaring kind of thing. And it's also got like a back plate on the horse so that it's got, that's got barnacles as well. There's two different items that apparently you can attach to this horse. And the only way to get it is if you have Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime and you want to get this horse, um... It's included free with Prime, and it's going to last uh, through August 3rd, which that's going to be five days. So if you want that thing and you have, if you have it, you have the uh, Prime, then you can go ahead and get that. And it's apparently free because it would be included with your Prime account. So that's how that would go. There's a little bit of description Um, Outrun the Tide and add the Brackish Fetch Mount armor bundle to your collection. In order to ride this mount, a player must complete the Donin's Favor quest where where you will gain access to after completing the first three acts of the campaign. Okay, I have not completed the third act at all. I think I've got the first one and the second one done, I think. Yeah, I haven't got there. So if you've done those, you can get this mount. If you can finish those quests before August, what was it, 4th or something like that? August, August 3rd. If you can do it before August 3rd and you have Prime, you could probably pick up this mount. If you don't have the mount quest to start with, uh, you haven't finished that, you haven't gotten around to doing that for whatever reason, um, good luck to you. I've had a hell of a time trying to figure out how to get that at all. My personal concept on that is... I get they didn't want to give us a mount in Act 1 or Act 2 because that would really reduce players' interest in, like, exploring the world a bit. I don't think they should have pushed it all the way to Act 4 because it's just, like, especially with this patch that got thrown in and screwed everything up, I don't think it's fair to have the mount connected to, um, you know, you have to go do these things and then you can't get there or your armor gets broken on the way or, you know, this sort of thing. And I don't think that's fair. So... If you're having trouble like I'm having trouble, then you're not going to get this mount out of Amazon either. So just be aware of that. If you've already got Amazon Prime and you've already finished the whole campaign storyline, then you can go get that mount today and have a cool little mount. It looks really cool. I mean, I think it looks good. It's like, what would the Drowned use as a mount? You know, that's kind of what that is. So here's another IGN article. It's titled, Diablo 4 Season 1 Battle Pass Doesn't Include Enough Currency to buy anything from the store or the next battle pass. And underneath it says, Hell to Pay. This is written by Wesley Yin Poole. Here's a little bit from this article. There's also a video uh, encased in this. It's 14 minutes and 15 seconds long. So here's what... Wesley Yinpool wrote, Diablo 4 players have heavily criticized the Season 1 Battle Pass, accusing developer Blizzard of not including enough virtual currency. The $10 Battle Pass, which launched last week, he's wrote this on the 25th of July, dishes out 666 platinum in total upon completion, a figure in keeping with Diablo's hellish setting and a nice marketing gimmick, but not enough to afford a single item from the in-game store where the cheapest cosmetic costs 800 Platinum. Unlike some other live service games, the Diablo 4 battle pass doesn't even include enough virtual currency to afford the next battle pass, expected to cost a thousand platinum. This is making me not really want to play the seasons, I think. Uh, Games like Call of Duty include a battle pass that essentially pays for itself in virtual currency. Those battle passes dish out enough COD points upon completion for players to pick up the next pass. The idea is players are encouraged to play through the season and into the next season because they know completing the pass will earn them enough virtual currency to keep going. It's a loop designed to fuel all important engagement and encourage spending elsewhere. As you would expect, players have rounded on Diablo 4's first battle pass, not just highlighting the virtual currency issue, but also accusing it of being boring. There is not much included, players say, to excite or encourage completion. Redditor, what is his name, someone on Reddit, uh, said the most mid-battle pass I've ever seen in my life. The horse at the end is only even remotely... If being overly generous here, cool thing, and it's still nowhere near cool enough to justify putting it behind either 90 levels of grind or up to like $170 worth of microtransactions, they said. So that's based on just that that's leading me to believe that the battle pass, like, typically I've seen, like, even in, like, like say Hearthstone, okay? I've got, occasionally I'll play Hearthstone, usually when I'm tired and I think that the card back looks interesting. Um, Sometimes if it's a really bad pollen season, I'm just looking at pretty things and trying to, you know, I'm not even trying to win usually. It's just like, okay, this will do. I don't care. And it's just a freebie battle pass. But they also have one you can pay for. So that's Blizzard, not Activision. As this article was talking about Call of Duty, that's Activision. But it turns out that there is a premium battle pass. It has 90 tiers you can unlock. It gives you some extra weapons and this awoken warded Mustang mount, which looks like a black mount with a nice little reins on it and sort of a blankie over its back and some kind of fancy thing on, on like the end of the horse. There's also a awoken cold iron barding, which has fancier stuff. And then there's the armor set you could buy for all of your all of your characters' classes, if you wanted to. That's um, showing the figures that are wearing it. It's just small little pictures in the IGN article, and at the bottom it says buy now if you want to buy the premium battle pass. I don't think I'm gonna do that because I don't think I can get in, so it doesn't matter to me, but people might wanna know about that in case they're having problems in the season. Okay, and then we have Dreadscythe on Max Roll. Dreadscythe always explains things in ways that I can understand and everyone else can probably understand as well. He wrote uh, Diablo 4 Patch 1.1.1 Campfire Chat Recap, and this was posted on July 29th, 2023. That might be a typo. Today's the 28th. Hmm. Well, it depends on your time zone, though. Okay, so it could be right. Uh, So let's see. Um, Here's some stuff to know about. Okay, we know that there was a campfire, and it was Joe Shelley, game director, Joseph Priaporia, associate game director Adam Jackson lead class designer and Adam Fletcher associate director of community and it talked about patch 1.1.1 And what's coming for Barbarians, Sorcerers, and other general improvements to the game. So the gameplay changes are this. The goals of Patch 1.1.1 improve the fun and play style of the Barbarian and Sorcerer. For Barbarian, they want to improve the early game to not be so slow and harsh with Fury Regeneration, as well as improving the late game. There are also unique changes coming regarding their stats and effects. Like there's something called a Hellhammer, which looks like it'd be fun to play with if you're playing a Barb. Uh, It has changed damage to crowd-controlled enemies to critical strike damage. So the numbers are slightly different in what you can do with that item if you have it. There's The left one is the pre-patch, and the right one is what the post-patch will be. For the Sorcerer, they want to reduce the Kiss-Curse mechanics, where you would gain a buff, but with a the consequence. They want to lessen or remove some of these throughout the class. They also want to improve survivability mid-to-late game. Many general class and gameplay improvements. Patch notes will be revealed in full on Wednesday, August 2nd, with the patch going live Tuesday, August 8th. So the state of the game now is not going to get fixed until August 8th. Okay, sure. Here's some quick topics. Um, Uniques, patch 1.1.1 and beyond. Many uniques are being looked at for updating. Stats and effects will be considered for changes. Old versions you currently have will update to the new effect. That's cool. Uh, New versions will drop with the new stats and effects once found. Vulnerable and critical hit chance, patch 1.1.1 and beyond. They want to look into expanding build options by... uh, by not having those Aphexes feel so mandatory as they are, they want to bring other Aphexes up so there's good parity between as many Aphexes as possible. The scaling There's going to be scaling to effects and that's after patch 1.1.1, so I guess we'll come back to that when that's, um, you know when that's in and see how that goes monster density patch 1.1.1 includes monster density changes they want to keep track of how monster density feels in nightmare dungeons and hell tides if they feel more improvements are required they will continue to move the needle until things fulfill the fantasy of mowing down enemies they also recognize they can overdo it making combat difficult or bogged down performance this will be kept in mind as adjustments are made Um, there's starting at level 35, you'll get a guaranteed legendary item drop from a defeated dungeon boss, completing a legion event or slaying the butcher. Treasure goblins also have a guaranteed legendary item drop starting at level 15. Okay. Let me tell you something about my experience with treasure goblins. I can find them. I can sometimes get around the mob that is trying to kill me to go get them. I can follow their trail of here's five gold. Here's four gold. Here's five gold. Here's five gold. Never catch them. I just can't do it. And I don't know if it's the patch, it's the lack of the patch fix or uh, or what, because my rogue was doing really good before that thing hit. So, So I'm not going to chase the treasure goblins anymore because it's just not worth it for me. Because what happens next is that thing pops a portal, disappears, out of sight, and then everything that I dodged around trying to not get killed from comes and kills me. So I'm not a fan of the treasure goblins right now. That could change if the patch makes any difference, but right now I'm just not not doing it again you know okay there's a cost respect cost that's going to be confirmed in patch 1.1.1 it will be reduced by 40 percent stash tab patch 1.1.1 is confirmed in patch and will cost ready 400k gold that's what you need you need 400k gold i can't get enough to fix my armor but you need 400k gold if you'd like to have a place to put armor that isn't broken yet or whatever uh, elixir stacking. This one actually seems to work. It's going to be it's confirmed in patch 1.1.1, 1, and it'll stack to 99, so you can have as many elixirs as you can fit in that tab. The leave dungeon time reversed patch 1.1.1. 1. Previously, the time to leave a dungeon was increased to 5 seconds. They will revert it back to 3 seconds in patch 1.1.1. 1. Nightmare dungeon affliction changes. Uh, certain afflictions are not living up to the developer's standards, in addition to being a pain for players. Resource drain, cold enchanted, and backstabber will be removed, From the pool of options for sigils in patch 1.1.1 and will be reworked in the future. There are class changes here for all of the classes. There's also a general changes thing in here, and I highly recommend you go check this out. Again, everything will be posted in the show notes at shattered soulstone.com, and I completely trust Dreadscythe to get everything right because he's got a history of doing that. He was on one of the Shattered Soulstone episodes a while back too, so if you want to hear more from, from when that was, I'm sure that the content then would be out of date because it was a while back, but. You can trust what he's telling you is what I'm trying to say. So we I told you about the patch notes thing, but then we also have the Blizzard forums and Pez Radar is mostly the one that is taking care of that kind of thing. So here is what was written um when was this? On the 26th. This is titled a notice regarding unauthorized game modifying software in Diablo 4. Here's what PezRadar wrote. We are committed to keeping the world of Sanctuary a safe and fair place for all players, and our game security team constantly monitors for cheats and unauthorized modifications. All Diablo 4 players agree to the Blizzard EULA as a condition of playing the game. The Blizzard EULA explicitly prohibits cheating, bots, hacks, and any other unauthorized software which automates, modifies, or otherwise interferes with the game. This is important to players' security as well as the game's long-term integrity. With that in mind, we want to make it clear that Turbo HUD-4, like any game-modifying software, is prohibited for use with Diablo 4. Players who install this kind of software will put their accounts at risk for disciplinary action, which can include permanent suspension. Thank you to our players for helping to keep Sanctuary fair for all. So basically, this appears to be a cheat tool kind of thing, or that's how Blizzard is identifying it as. If you're using Turbo HUD-4, maybe you should stop now because you could probably get in trouble for that. But this isn't going to affect if you're recording your gameplay for yourself or recording it for YouTube or recording it because you're a Twitch streamer. That's fine. That's allowed. But this thing, whatever this is, is like a cheat mechanism. And... I don't know when people started using this. I have no idea what this is, really. I think it's clear that it's not wanted by Blizzard, okay? It just isn't something they want players to use. But I can see where if you, like, this is just speculation, but when that patch came out that, like, nerfed everything and made it a lot harder to play and had, you know, the fun disappeared, perhaps some players decided to use this Turbo HUD thing to enhance their playing. You know, and uh, that's not allowed. It was never allowed. So if you're doing that, stop doing that because you're going to lose your account if you keep going. And it's important to know that. So this is from Icy Veins and it's written by staff. I posted on July 25th. The barber malignant heart steals damage from other players. So here's a picture. There's a screenshot of it and it says uh, this is what was written. The Barber Malignant Heart doesn't stop Lucky Hit abilities, quote, when you deal damage, and on hit, uh, and then it says that there's two things in here. There's a green uh, icon, it says Hue to Flesh, and then the red one is Drain Vitality. As a result, any player's Barber activation will steal damage from other players. You will notice the damage activation from the explosion, but others will not see that mobs with relatively high health like world bosses allow you to stack multiple millions of damage during the activation phase meaning this can help build stack tons of damage on echoes of lilith and then there's a video embedded from Macro Bio Boy where he's talking about this weird interaction bug where he's, um, it's a YouTube video, you can check it out, and so it's like actually stealing from other players. And, uh, the Staff here wrote, There are some other issues pertaining to the Barber. If your party member has one equipped, you won't see damage numbers. All the damage will be displayed only on the Barber's user screen. Your skill effects won't proc, and you won't be able to see the immune message when mobs will suddenly fall dead." So that's a thing. So that's something they might want to go and fix as well. Here's another thing they might want to fix. Um, Wowhead has an article titled Earn of Bargaining, Season Blessing Also Increases Vendor Service Costs. So let's just start there. It's posted two days ago by Therid. There's a bunch of little screenshots in here of stuff. But so far, we have the Battle Pass that um, doesn't give you enough platinum to buy anything in the store. We have the... The malignant heart that is stealing damage from players, and if you're in a group, then you won't see, you know, how much damage you've done. Now we have the urn of bargaining that uh, increases vendor service costs, which seems kind of counterintuitive. Like, don't you want people to buy things, you know? I mean, anyway, so this is, again, written by Darren about two days ago and here's a little bit about it. Uh, He starts with this. Watch out, Diablo 4 players, using the Season Blessing, which boosts the amount of gold earned from vendor sales, also increases vendor service cost, including repairing and re-rolling items. This is not thought out well, was it? I don't think so. In Season of the Malignant, players can use their Smoldering Ashes, which they obtain through the free battle pass to level up the Season Blessings. These Blessings apply buffs to things like monster experience, elixir duration, or salvage material yield. The Urn of Bargaining, one of the five blessings, increases the amount of gold earned from vendor sales, a helpful way to make more gold, by far the most important currency in Diablo 4. However, Diablo streamer DatMods found that the Urn of Bargaining bonus will not only increase gold earned from vendor sales, it will also increase gold spent on vendor features such as enchanting at the occultists. So here's a screenshot from, probably, it looks like an X account. Are they not? They're not Twitter anymore. So I guess it's an X. There's an X in the corner of this one. And DatMods wrote, You must know this. Found a big bug with Diablo 4 seasonal blessings that is costing you a lot of gold. And there is a little video in there. And this is interesting. So the screenshot here of his tweet, I guess they're still tweets? What are they, X's? No. The X is in the corner, but the video says, watch on Twitter. So things, there's a little weirdness going on with this kind of stuff. And so people at Wowhead said, we have tested other vendor services like the blacksmith's repair service and can say that this bug applies to all services offered by all vendors across Sanctuary, while vendor item prices seem to stay the same. Unless you want to earn more and also spend more gold, you should absolutely stay away from using smoldering ashes for the urn of bargaining seasonal blessing until it has been fixed. So that's another thing that's broken in here. And then there's catch up on patch 1.1.1 campfire chat that was posted today on the 28th of July. And I'm going to read you a little bit of this. Obviously, we won't be seeing anything here until later. On July 25th, we held our patch 1.1.1 campfire chat. And we know I've already said who was in there. Um, the team also answered questions from players in a QA and a session at the end of the stream. If you'd like to watch the full live stream to catch up on all the details, here's a video. It is on YouTube. You can catch it there. On August 2nd, we will update this article that I'm reading from right now with the changes coming to Diablo 4 in patch 1.1.1, which goes live on August 8th. Today's the 28th, at where I am in, in the world. Um, and so that's a few days, and then that change is going to come into it. So part of me is going, should I just not play until that other patch comes in because I'm so frustrated? Or maybe, you know, I don't even know. Maxroll has an article that's, Somewhat serious and mostly snarky. It's written by Facefoot. Wujio dies to disconnect at level 93 in hardcore solo self-found race. So there's that. I did do a solo self-found in Diablo 3 a while back and had some fun with that. But yeah, that's what happened. So here's what happened to poor uh, Wudijo. Is it Wudijo? I think it's that. In a tragic turn of events, Wodijo has died to a disconnect while racing to 100 on Hardcore. We've been tracking the Season 1 race on our new leaderboard, and he's been leading the solo self-found pack for most of the race. Sadly, yesterday at level 93, he has perished, opening up the lane for the rest of the solo players to race for glory. Since his death, Zeroji has reached level 100 on Season... uh, Solo self found, bringing an end to the group. Solo self found races to 100. Congrats to everyone who raced to 100 already, and good luck to those still pushing for it. And there's a video in here embedded, so there's that. Um, it, it was kind of a snarky, like Wood, you know, Udijo dies, and it was like, oh no, oh wait, no, it was his character. He's fine. He's fine. Nothing wrong here at all. IGN has an article titled "Associate Game Director Explains Why Adding Stash Tabs Is Complicated." And there's a picture here of, like, a full stash of stuff with little markings on it to indicate what kind of thing it is, I guess. This is written by Staff. Players have long been wondering why it's taken Blizzard so long to add more inventory space to stashes, both from the initial feedback when the game launched and especially after the poor reception to patch 1.1. It's been very strange that this most requested feature wasn't added quickly. Associate Game Director Joseph Priapora has now explained why that's the case and why we're only getting one additional tab in patch 1.1.1. 1. Here is a thing he posted on X. I'm kind of annoyed that it's X, but whatever. Um, he wrote this, when we, say there are ex- when we say they are expensive, what we mean is that they create a lot of memory overhead. When you see another player in-game, you load them and their entire stash filled with all their items. This is what teams are working diligently to improve so that we can have more ASAP. Basically, this isn't a storage concern, it's a performance concern. Because if you're also pulling in, Oh, this other player, there's their stash. I will pull it in because I am whatever thing in the game does that. And that's, you know, and you don't probably don't see it, I would guess. So the staff writing this says the community reaction to this is mixed. Most players are appreciating the transparency, but still wondering why the system would ever work like this. Um, And you could find many comments. There's more in here as well. So um, hopefully Blizzard can decouple the stash from the rest and be able to add more space soon. Yeah, there's a lot of things I'd like them to do. Um, Wowhead has a similar article posted five days ago by uh, Jez Art Jezartros. I don't know; it's all in caps. I'm dyslexic. I don't know, but I'm trying. The title of this article is "More Stash Tabs: A Quote Performance Concern." Blizzard working on a fix. They also have a picture of someone's uh, stash, but it doesn't have any markings on it. It shows which ones have sockets. Uh, Players rejoiced when it was revealed that patch 1.1.1 will add a free stash tab in Diablo 4, but then the questions started pouring in. Why only one tab? Wouldn't more be better? Were features being purposely held back so that they could be monetized later? It doesn't seem that there's any nefarious purpose behind the slow rollout of stash space. However, there is a technical purpose. And then it's the same um, thing that I got from... IGN with Joseph Priapora explaining things. Blizzard is working diligently on a fix for this problem, so more stash tabs are likely on the horizon. It'll just take a bit of time. We don't know how long, but hang in there. And this is kind of the concept I'm getting over and over again with this, but I'll read you a little more and then I'll sum that up. So here's IGN. Warning, you cannot unsocket malignant hearts plus replacement bug fix. Written by Starum, S-T-A-R-Y-M. The season of the malignant hearts have proven to be quite powerful, especially one of the necromancer ones. However, as players have been finding out over the past two days, they're not as flexible as regular gems. This may be common knowledge already, but in case you weren't aware, we'll explain, as well as add a solution for a common heart replacement problem that's a weird phrase considering. I mean, it's in Diablo 4, we know what this really means, but still, you know. (laughs) The unsocketing. You have to be careful where you put the caged hearts as you cannot remove one once you socket it into a piece of jewelry. The only thing you can do once you socket a heart is to replace it with another one or salvage it. The unsocket option at the jeweler will not work and if you try to salvage the piece of gear it's in, you will salvage both the item and the heart, getting the crafting material for other hearts. And so if you want to change your ring or amulet that has a socketed heart that you want to continue using you have to recraft that heart and place it in the new piece. So if your heart power is more important than the item upgrade, wait until you have your replacement heart ready before salvaging the item. There's a video in here kind of trying to show you that. The replacing hearts bug. Unrelated to this players have been encountering an issue with replacing certain hearts. But luckily there's a simple solution. You simply remove the item from your character and place it into your inventory. From there, you should be able to replace the socketed heart with a different one, as I'm underscore at underscore work underscore dammit found out and shared. And then there's some other stuff in here about what's going on. And then Wowhead also has one. Everything we know about malignant hearts, malignant tunnels, how to craft invokers, tips and tricks, written by Therid. And there's a picture here of a character staring at a malignant heart that they are being prompted to capture. Uh, so there's um, there's a bunch of stuff in here. I don't know that I'm going to be able to understand all of this because, again, I'm not in the season because, again, I can't finish the damn storyline. So, yeah. Uh, so understanding Malignant Hearts, there's four types. Uh, I think I've talked about this in a previous episode, so maybe you don't need all of that. Malignant sockets in jewelry have a color corresponding to the malignant heart type. Orange for vicious hearts, purple for brutal hearts, and pink for devious hearts. Wrathful hearts can be socketed into all malignant sockets. Malignant Hearts have different levels. The higher the level, the higher the Aphexes that come with the Malignant Heart bonus. To counteract the fact that you aren't able to socket gems into jewelry anymore, all Malignant Hearts will provide an armor bonus which scales with their item power. How the Malignant Tunnels work. The best way to farm Wrathful Hearts and other Malignant Hearts is to farm Malignant Tunnels, the new seasonal mini-dungeons all over Sanctuary. Malignant Tunnels will contain a few Malignant Elites and an end-of-dungeon event called Invoke the Malignant. To start this event, you will have to use a so-called malignant invoker as item players can and item players can craft at Corman's workbench. I think that's the NPC that sort of starts you off on this in all major cities. You will have two options to activate the malignant outgrowth and to start the event. You can either use a wrathful malignant invoker or a devious, brutal, or vicious malignant invoker. The second choice, devious, brutal, and vicious, will always be displayed when you hover over the dungeon tooltip on your world map. That way you can target, farm, or... Uh, one of these three malignant heart types. Here's a description of how to farm them. Um, Here's what to do with some of the other stuff. There's a lot in here. And if you're struggling through the season, then maybe read this and um, you might get some answers, I suppose. The last thing I'm going to mention comes from... magazine.artstation.com and it's titled blizzard entertainment diablo 4 environment art blast it's put together by daniel wade on the 26th and the thing that i like the best about it actually there's two things okay the things i like the best are it's really showing you like the scenery and some of the monsters and things like that in an environment where you're not actually trying to play the game and not die you could just look at the art and it's fantastic but the best thing is they have categorized each group into what type of art they're doing. The first grouping is environmental artists, and they, they have the names and the titles of all of the people that did this art. They are actually showing you who the artists are, which is fantastic because typically anything on the internet and some things that get sent to like magazine or news type sites don't credit the artist and so they've done that it's fantastic that they did that i want more things to do things correctly like this so that if you've taken art from somewhere you better put that person's name on it that made it or if it's a group you need to put all of them and they did All the way through it, it's a ton of really interesting art. Some of it I recognize, some of it I don't. Some of it looks like little sort of environmental stuff that they were working on, and it just goes on and on and on, and it's, I just love it. So that'll be in the show notes as well. If you got a few minutes to just sort of, you know, take a look at who did what, it's worth it. I think that all the artists in here are probably very excited to have their work displayed with their name on it and their title. I think that's great. So to close out the show before i do the whole thing i usually do here's what i'm seeing from this to summarize we have um a lot of things that are broken we have a patch that doesn't work we have reducing player power we know it's bad we know it's not fun they know that it's bad it hasn't changed yet though it just hasn't as far as i can tell we've got um patch notes talking about all the platforms where they fix this issue they fix that issue something with the uh the battle passes are going weird um so that's not working ign had to write a whole walkthrough for you to figure out where to get every little piece of the story and honestly i thought there was four acts but there's six i wouldn't have known that if i haven't looked at this article and that's not something that the game designers provided for us to make it easy to go you need to go here do this thing instead we have to get it from third party sites who do a good job of it but was that necessary did they have to skip over all of that And then there's like little things like, you know, the mount thing is personally bothering me a lot because I can't get through the storyline right now. And I want a mount because I'd like to outrun the enemies. I don't care what kind of mount it is. I really don't care. I just want one um, and I don't want to get involved with Amazon to get it. So then we have the Battle Pass for Season 1, which doesn't give you enough currency to buy anything from the store. It also is not enough to give you enough currency to buy the next Battle Pass. Should Season 2 be something to your interest, you know, it's not going to work. The Battle Pass is $10. There's a freebie one. There's a $10 Battle Pass that gives you 666 platinum in total upon completion, which means you won't get those things right away. You'll have to struggle through or, you know, zoom through it as whatever you're... Whatever it is in there, I, I don't know how bad or good, or if the season is affected by the patch that made everything unfun. I don't know. So there's that, but... You can't buy anything. The cheapest thing in the in-game store apparently cost 800 platinum. Well, how do you get platinum? This is flashback to, like, Diablo Immortal, where there was a lot of stuff that was behind. Oh, well, you want to buy this thing? Well, go get enough platinum. Oh, you don't have platinum? Well, here, pay us some money. Real world money. And you can have that platinum. And it's just starting to feel like that, you know? And I'm a little concerned about that happening like that. I'm not surprised about them finding the cheat thing and saying, hey, don't do that anymore. I'm kind of concerned that some of these malignant hearts are like more malignant than intended, you know? Like, hey, this is gonna steal damage from other players, so if you stuck one of these in one of your pieces of armor or in one of your weapons, welp, that's what's happening to the people around you, and they'll never see it. They won't know it's happening. They won't know why they're suddenly losing damage. Yeah, I mean, it just steals it, so now it's like, wait a minute, I'm standing in town. How did I lose all of this? I'm assuming that that's how it might be going, but also if you go in a group, The thing's going to steal damage from your friends in a group in a dungeon, and that doesn't sound like a fun thing for most people. The vendor thing? That urn of bargaining? Like, why did this happen? I don't think anyone knew this was going to happen. Maybe, I I don't know. I don't think the devs would do this, I hope. I don't think they'd be like, let's do a gotcha here, you know? (laughs) So, yeah, that urn of bargaining where you get some gold, but then all of the vendors in the entire game have raised all of their prices beyond possibly what your character can get in a season, and now you're screwed. Oops. You know, I mean, I think that's pretty bad. I think pushing the um, 1.1.1 to August 8th is going to be frustrating for a lot of people. I'm assuming that the patch that's live now is also carried over into the season. I may be wrong about this, but I think it's possible that it's kind of got the same, you know, dynamic there with, you know malignant hearts instead of whatever else you're trying to farm outside of the season. But to push that to August 8 is kind of like, okay, why? You know, you had all this feedback from people saying the game is not fun. There were many people I'm aware of that just stopped playing the game entirely because they're fed up with it. Some streamers talked about it and were obviously very fed up with that kind of thing. Um, You could find those on YouTube and Twitch and stuff. You'll find them. But it should be like, okay, people are frustrated. The game is not fun, we know it's not fun, we're gonna put in a patch if we can, but we'll just wait until August 8th because, you know, the game's been out a month, we haven't fixed this thing, we screwed it up pretty badly, but nah, we're gonna make you wait for some more. That's not a good look. It really is not a good look at all um so i'm just kind of wondering and then the stash thing i understand the stash thing honestly because this kind of had a problem in diablo 3 where you could purchase more stash tabs but then after a while it was like you can't you could fill them all and not you know and have more things that you want to put in and you can't get there from and then they just stopped saying okay this is your limit you can't have any more stashes in a stash space that's it and i think that might happen with this because of you know shenanigans with whatever happened with the... I don't know what the intent was, you know, but there we are. And the you can't unsocket the malignant hearts if you have them, there's a fix apparently for it, but it should have been like... You should be able to change those out, I would think, but no. And it's just kind of like one thing after another that seems to be cascading downward in a oh no, we broke this too kind of thing, and... This to me explains why I was having so much trouble in the game. It explains why a lot of people left the game and are playing, like, Path of Exile or something like that instead, in some cases. Um, I know some people are trying to go do that instead, so... um, I don't know. I mean, I had high hopes for Diablo 4, and it was fun in the server slam. I had a hell of a good time in the server slam. Maybe some of you did too. The Ashava fight was really fun. Even though I didn't know anybody in there, I had great groups that were, you know, willing to fight this big monster together. And people were like, after you die, one of the other players that was still up would try to res you. You know, it was really good. And then, Diablo 4 started, and it was... It was fine for a while. I felt like, okay, yeah, I'm playing a barb. I'm a little bit stronger than maybe the other classes, possibly. And then that all got nerfed uh, right before... Right before the game launched. And then this patch. This patch that came in. um, That's, you know, where now every time I walk out of town, I'm crowd-controlled. I'm using up all of my skills too quickly because there's too many monsters. And if I'm crowd-controlled, I can't move my rogue. So... I don't know. I'm kind of frustrated. I am hoping that this will get fixed, but I did not want it to be August 8th. That's a while away. That's a lot of days of playing through a dysfunctioning game to get to the stuff that might work again. So I'm a little disappointed in that. I think other people might be too. But I don't know. I did not expect this cascade of disaster to just be an ongoing thing through... I mean, I... I'll give them a chance to put the patch in. I don't know if I'm going to play until the patch is in, and people can, you know, on, you know, Icy Veins and Max Roll and on Wowhead, if they say, this is great, it's working fine, then I'll go back in. But other than that, it's like, it's a gamble, in my opinion. So this is where I'm at with the state of the game. Am I going to quit forever? Probably not. I'm going to give them a chance. But if it's a common thing happening where it's like, yeah, this works great right now, and oh well, we nerfed everything again, I don't think they're gonna keep as many players as they hoped, so that's where I'm going to end the show. You've been listening to episode 421 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode, you could find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You could also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. In fact, there are a lot of people talking about Diablo 4 and people helping each other out with questions they have, so if you've got questions, go there. Somebody might know the answer. You could find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter or at Shattered Stone, as well as the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening.